Hello and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to see the musicals he really should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the fiancé. And I'm Drew. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) This is our Valentine's episode. Yep. Will it be romantic? I I would imagine so. Maybe not for our leads. (laughs) Well... I would say so for our leads, because the whole point is Cinderella falls in love with a prince. Oh. Isn't that romance? You know, people want a prince and, you know, the prince is giving a ball to find a wife. Yes, every year the prince holds one of his balls. Yes. And this year it's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> there was two balls last year. Yeah, we had two balls last year. The prince held two of his balls last year. Yes, he did. That is one of my favourite jokes. It's so bad. It's one of my favourite jokes from Panto Cinderella. I won't say my favourite Cinderella themed joke because you really don't like it. I don't. And it's not appropriate for our PG podcast. No, it isn't. Last year we covered The Slipper and the Rose. Yes. And the Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella. Cinderella. And then the year before we covered the Brandy... Whitney Houston Cinderella from the wonderful of Disney Channel. How many more Cinderellas are there going to be? Well, at some point, we're definitely going to watch the Julie Andrews, Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. And I guess we'll have to do the Disney Cinderella at some point as well, I'm sure. Yes, when we get to that. But now, but for now... This really is the tale as old as time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't think of another story that has been more adapted, even if you change it... Just the same premise of, you know, poor girl with her wicked stepmother and ugly stepsisters or wicked stepsisters Mm -hmm. wants opportunity but gets none because her dad is no longer there. Chaos ensues. You know, there's yeah, but that then you've got like Cinderella story. Hilary Duff. Yeah, yep. you've got there was one of the ones we watched that was like um a Christmas Cinderella story, but it wasn't Cinderella. Oh my god, yes, it's on Netflix. I can't remember what that was called. But then you've got things like obviously Ella Enchanted yes. is a Cinderella retelling. Then you've got... got Into the Woods, which is also Cinderella. Yeah. The twenty fifteen Disney live action remake Cinderella. Yeah. You've got obviously all the Rodgers and Hammerstein ones, then, and oh, what's the one with Drew Barrymore called? Never been ever kissed. After. Oh yeah, ever after. Never been kissed is probably also a Cinderella story, but then you've got things like the Selena Gomez Cinderella. You've got Geek Cinderella, not Prince Charming's type, which is a Cinderella story, um, or not Cinderella's type. Is that what it was called? I don't know. There are like a hundred. Yes, different versions of Cinderella. And I think it's, you know, as a fairy tale, one that has been adapted more than any other has. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I say every single time we go into this, what else can they do with this story? At least Slipper and the Rose gave us more the prince's perspective of things, which which I really... Which is always super interesting. Yeah, and I really enjoy Slipper and the Rose. It made my list, I think, Mm -hmm. for my top ten at the end of the year. Oh, Crikey, it's been over a month and I've already forgotten what my top 10 of Yes, Slip in the Rose was. was in your top 10. Yeah, but this is the thing. What else can you actually do with this story? You know, we, we touched on it with, which is one of, I think is our most downloaded like 2021 episode, is Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella. Mm. 
probably because people are trying to figure out whether they should go and see it or and, not. And that has moments where there's like, huh, this is quite an interesting idea. Mm. You know, for instance, the plastic surgery for this weird, like, Frankenstein godmother. Yeah, but it doesn't really scientists, plastic surgeon. But it doesn't do enough, and you know, definitely feel like we we maybe need to do a, a Cinderella revisited for that one in the cold light of day. Yeah, the thing is with that one, with the Andrew Lloyd Webber Cinderella, it's strayed so far from what the the overarching like morals of the Cinderella story are. Which is that kindness and, like, just being brave in the face of adversity will, like, help you get further in your life. Yeah. Will will always help you find your way through the world. And there is none of that in the Andrew Lloyd Webber one because she is the adversary. She is the, the bad guy. Yeah. Of her own story. so Well, we've said it before, and you can listen to our episode for our thoughts, but it doesn't need to be a Cinderella story. No, it's completely irrelevant that she's Cinderella. But whereas I'm interested to see with this one, whether we will retain some of that kindness and some of that importance of being a nice person. Yes. Because they've, like, I know people think that the original, especially Disney versions, because usually that's the first version of Cinderella that people see, right? these Disney versions and people really hate on the old Disney princesses but really they all have that same moral which is that like if you are a kind good person other people will want to help you in life and if you are brave in the face of horrible horrible people good will come to you yeah not that you don't have to try or anything obviously it's going to be hard but the choice to be a good person is the most important part there. And we lose that a lot in modern retellings of things because people don't think of that so much as being a character trait. Yeah. So I'm interested to see. Because well, I haven't seen this one either. This is one of our episodes where we both get to experience see something the joys for the first of it. time. Yeah, and this is I'm intrigued to see what they do, if anything, that is new with this one. Mm-hmm. I I know that this one has kind of been panned since it was released. Oh, yeah, people have made fun of this so much. And while I've enjoyed seeing it and all of the jokes and everything, I have wanted to watch it to see whether actually this is as bad as people say it is. Yes, and, you know, you've obviously got the joke of, oh, James Corden again in something. Mm-hmm. But he's also a producer of this one. This this one doesn't happen if not for James Corden. So you can take that as a good or a bad thing entirely up to you. But, yeah. you know, he's one of the mouse characters. Yes. So I don't think he's going to be as big in it, you know? Like, I don't think he's going to be as mm-hmm. featured in it as people worry about. I know it's got Adina Menzel in, so I'm very excited there because I love Adina Menzel. Yes, indeed. She's the wicked stepmother. Mm-hmm. So it'd be quite interesting to see that villain side of her. You know, she's obviously more famous nowadays for being a, a good guy. But I think she was villainous in Glee a little bit. It was quite nice to see a little scheming side to her. Yeah, her character in Glee was interesting. And she's not a nice person in Rent, so... 
Mm. You know? That's true. We hate Maureen. You know, so <laughs> I'm intrigued to see what she's like. It's got Pierce Brosnan in. Mm-hmm. I Pierce Brosnan needs to do more musicals. You know, it's the third time we've had him on this podcast after Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Yes. So this is, you know, a good little stop gap in between Mamma Threea. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Mama three, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know the rest of the cast. I know we've got one of the lead singers of Fifth Harmony who are like the American X Factor, like little mix. Camilla Cabello. Yes. yes. She is Cinderella. And she was the first person to leave Fifth Harmony. You know, so it's like Zayn Malik leaving One Direction, mm-hmm. you know. This is her acting debut. So you know that her singing voice is probably going to be very pop. Yeah. I don't know if she's got like a musical theatre background, but it might be too pop for my liking, you know? Well, she's the the artist who sings Havana, Unana. It's that song. I don't know, you don't know that song? Right, okay. <laughs> it's like the only song of hers that I know. I actually don't know a whole lot about her. Other than that, she has done a lot of tours of her own music she also was like the opening act for taylor swift at two different tours so you've got to be pretty good then if tay tay wants you yeah and she's done a lot of television but there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of theater in her background but her television things tend to be her as herself yes you know opening on the x factor she was in Barbie life in the dream house as herself, as an animated character in this Barbie series. You know, she's been on like a lot of opening for shows. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how she gets on with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know the prince. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not. Oh, Mini Driver's in it, isn't it? Isn't she as well? Mini yes. Driver is, I'm assuming Oh, because I know Billy Porter's in this as mm-hmm. well. And Billy Porter is the godmother. Mm-hmm. So Minnie Driver must therefore be the queen. There's no other female character she could be unless she's Cinderella's mother. And we get like Cinderella talking to the willow tree. And the willow tree has a face like Pocahontas. And it's her mum. Grandmother Willow. Yeah. Yes. Well, so. Or it could also be like stage fright and Minnie Driver dies in like the first five minutes. Is the mother and just gets killed off right at the beginning. By the wicked stepmother dressed in a mask. (laughs) Getting killed right at the start. So, in April of 2019, Columbia Pictures announced that they were doing a musical retelling of Cinderella. Retelling being the key word there. They announced that they were doing a feminist retelling of Cinderella. And what is more feminist than getting James Corden to help back you? Yeah, The idea to reinterpret it came from James Corden. Like, it actually came from him. And he produced the film through Full Well 73 with Leo Palman, Jonathan Caden, and Shannon McIntosh. But it was his idea to change and move away from the traditional Cinderella. Then, later that month, Camilla Cabello was attached to the role of Cinderella. It was announced. And then in October, they were announced that they were in talks with Adina Menzel to be the stepmother and Billy Porter for the role of the fairy god person. Um, And then in December of 2019, they added Nicholas Galatzine 
to play the prince. You probably won't know him from anything. No. I can't imagine. He's not actually been in a whole lot of stuff. He was in High Strung in 2016 and a film called Handsome Devil as well. I have, really haven't seen him in a whole lot. He's also in Legends, you know. Yeah, nothing I'm familiar with. So here's the thing. You are counting down. We're, we're at the end of 2019. Obviously, we know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. We know that it's about to start production shortly before a global pandemic. So how far into shooting does it then get before it has to stop? They started principal photography in February of 2020 at Pinewood Studios. So not far is the answer. And then they obviously were suspended when everything was in March. And then they resumed again in August of 2020 and finished filming in September. So this is the thing as well. But it was like... Under a month of filming. Yeah, so it's almost decom-esque, mm-hmm. you know. But what I find interesting is how many, you know, we've obviously had Dear Evan Hansen, we've had West Side Story in The Heights, which I feel really bad that, you know, you're getting In The Heights with no Oscar hype. Like, people have just forgotten about it, but... It was so good. It was so good. West Side Story's obviously got some some great Oscar nominations. Tick, Tick, Boom has got a few. Mm-hmm. I feel really bad that in the heights hasn't it should have it should have got something yeah but all of those i think were at least filmed and delayed because of the pandemic they weren't you know filmed and had to stop filming these were all filmed before the pandemic and then just had to wait it out for release dates mm-hmm. i might be wrong but this one's interesting because it's one of the few musicals we'll talk about where maybe we're not going to see as big extravagant group numbered choreography because if it's done in august 2020 there might be social distancing limitations ah but the thing is because of the way that the social distancing limitations were controlled if you are on a closed set because they were working at pinewood studios as long as you keep everybody there then you can do whatever you want. Okay. Basically. So they had their whole cast. There there were really no limitations. Basically, they're in a bubble together. Yeah, they were all bubbled together. And there are definitely more than 30 people, including, like, crew, you know? But there are definitely going to be some scenes where maybe they did film a bunch of different actions separately and then splice it all together so that, like, you've got crowd scenes. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if you can see, like, a difference maybe at the start and at the end where maybe things have been shot out of sequence. Mm -hmm. In April of 2019, Camilla Cabello said that she was working on the soundtrack for the film and then in October of 2020, Adina Menzel was in an interview and she said that she and Camilla Cabello both had original songs, despite this being a jukebox musical. This is a jukebox musical? Yes. Oh, I like a jukebox musical. Yes. And as usual, when we cover jukebox musicals, we get to play, which of these songs do we not know? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's always at least one that we're well, like, I don't know what this, is this song is. Is this an original song or is it a jukebox song? I just don't know, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's sort of the issue. I do enjoy a jukebox into. musical, but I, again, it'll be interesting to see how well these songs actually fit then Mm -hmm. so amazon prime picked up the film for release because of the pandemic sony looking to offload or yeah and as a part of their marketing they partnered with a shoe brand called onitsuka tiger who released a limited edition set of like trainers that were themed around the show john frieda 
did a collaboration of hair care like products yeah. in collaboration with Cinderella. And also they partnered with Mercedes Benz, who offered to design the carriage for them. That's I mean, that is some weird synergy because obviously there will be no cars in this version. No, but it does make you think, okay, what would a Mercedes Benz look like if it was a carriage? Which is a fun idea. Yeah. I like that. That's actually pretty cool that Mercedes-Benz did that. You know, and I guess if you're going to think Cinderella, shoes is good synergy. Yeah. You know, hair care is always hair a good, good one. You, you know, know. You, like you always get with Cinderella, like beauty products associated with yeah. it. Yeah. But I think certainly shoes is a good one, especially if you can get like glass slipper trainers, you know. Mm-hmm. All the comfort of trainers, but all the style of Cinderella. Yeah. So, this was released over Labor Day weekend. I don't know what Labor Day weekend (laughs) is. me either. Don't worry. It's Labor Day weekend... September 3rd. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the beginning of September. But because in America, obviously, that's Labor Day weekend, everyone's off work. It's like a holiday. You want to have a nice family-friendly thing. It's a good release. Yeah. And over the four-day weekend debut, they had... One million US households, and they have to say households because they don't know how many people are watching that at a time. Within the household, yeah, you'd have two different devices at the same time, one in the bath, one in the bedroom watching this. Yeah, and then 2.2 million by the end of the first month that it was on there. However, according to analytics that came out towards the end of 2021, Cinderella was the most watched streaming movie over its opening weekend and the most watched movie musical of 2021. <laughs> Which I can believe because, well, you know, it's on Amazon Prime for free. Yeah. You, it's so that means kid it's friendly. You can put Everyone's it on. talking about Jamie, which came out the same month. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely, because of obviously what everybody's talking about Jamie is about, yeah. there's a demographic that's definitely not going to put that on for their kids. Yes. Whereas this comes across as And also movie, because it's quintessentially British. Yeah. Whereas this will probably be, I mean, if it's filmed at Pinewood, it's British, but... But Camilla Cabello isn't British. Exactly. You know, it's, like, Adina Menzel isn't British. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's got the British quaint look to it. Yeah. But it could be set anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. The other thing I've kind of got the vibe of, because, like, I have seen a lot of clips of this. Yeah. This definitely gives me Whitney Houston Cinderella vibes. Okay. In the way that some things in the trailer were. I remember, right, so there's one thing I remember from the trailer. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing Twitter go crazy about this. Was James Corden shrinking and becoming a mouse. But his head his staying head the same on the mouse body yeah. and him just screaming, don't look at me, don't look at me. And Camilla Cabello like screaming. Yeah. yeah, which I think... Well, I guess, so this fell right in the middle of the sort of anti-James Corden renaissance that we're in right now, right? But it was because, you know, we're all at home, all the theatre kids, we're all at home. We can only watch the things that we have access to. And James Corden is in a lot of movie musicals. Not all of them are terrible. Yeah, he was And not all of his performances are terrible. But when you are looking to, as a film studio, I'm really giving them the benefit of the doubt here. When you're a film studio and you're looking to cast your musical, you are just going to go for the people who 
are not only musical theatre names, but also people just random people would know who they are. And yeah. so like James Corden, Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, there's a reason why they were all in the prom. There's a reason why James Corden and Meryl Streep are both in Into the Woods as well. Yeah. Despite the fact that Meryl Streep said she'd never play a witch, you know? Like, it's the same people over and over again for a reason. And it's nice that in this musical, we are also getting a lot more people who aren't those selection of people. Like, having Adina Menzel here, incredible. We've also got, obviously, Billy Porter, yeah. who was the original Lola in Kinky Boots. I know that is not going to fill you with hope because you did not like Kinky No, but Boots. I like Lola. Mm-hmm. He has been in so much stuff on Broadway, but he was Audrey 2 in Little Shop of Horrors. And his first Broadway run was a part of the ensemble in Miss Saigon. And he was the understudy John in Miss Saigon, which is cool. He's also been like, he was Teen Angel in Greece. Jesus Christ Superstar, he played Jesus, which is very cool. He was in Dreamgirls. Like, what hasn't he been in, basically? And then Kinky Boots. But he's a big Broadway name to put in this musical. And I don't know that people outside of the Broadway community would know who he is. Yeah. Like, Because if you look at his television history, the majority of it, him as himself performing with Kinky Boots and things like that, you know? But... He's a really good one to have in this, especially if you're into musical theatre. I don't know that he's going to get a lot to do. No. In the same way that, like, Whitney Houston didn't have a whole lot to do. But that's fine. I think you just need a really nice... Yeah. We also have, as our stepsisters, Charlotte Spencer, who is an English actress, which is interesting because, obviously, Adina Menzel is the mum. Yeah. But she was in the Les Mis movie. She was in Dark Shadows, the Johnny Depp movie. Cool. <laughs> Which is funny. But, like, she has a history of the West being in the West End. She's been in a couple of Andrew Lloyd Webber shows. She was uh, Jane Banks in Mary Poppins in the West End when she was a kid. That's very like, cool. She's done loads of stuff. And then as the other stepsister, we have Maddie Belio, who was Tracy in Hairspray Live, which she gave very good performances in Yes. There. And she was Millie Mitchellchuck in Dumpling. And I which love is that the movie. another Dolly Parton? Dumpling, yeah. It's the, the one about Dolly Parton drag queens. Yeah, I've not seen it. Have you not? No. Oh, I've seen it a bunch of times. I feel like I must have watched it in front but of that's me. all. I know that it's got Kathy and Jimmy and Jennifer Aniston in. Yeah, but she was amazing in that and she is an amazing singer she was great in hairspray live like she was playing next to dove cameron you know yeah she was good so i'm excited to see all of these theater people it's nice to have like a different set of theater people yeah Mm. it's not just you know here comes meryl streep as the wicked stepmother and here comes such and such and such and such and such and such yeah Yeah, i i I tell you what though i'd have been really happy if bernadette peters was the stepmother again (laughs) that would have been so good yeah or Kathy Bates. Or Kathy and Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it is counting down. Mm-hmm. I know we've got very limited time on this one. We can only go till midnight. Obviously. So it's best, I think, that we, we head off. We, we do a little dance, mm-hmm. get down tonight. We'll be back by midnight so my clothes don't disappear. <laughs> 
I guess that is technically what happens. So yeah, we better better head off before our Mercedes Benz carriage disappears. And we're confronted with James Corden's screaming head saying, <laughs> Don't look at me! <laughs> Don't look at me! <laughs> we will be back. James Corden's headless, headless... <laughs> mouse body. <laughs> Hopefully a distant memory at that point after intermission. Yes, we are. We have, I guess, slept in after our late night dance, dance, dancing the night away. Absolutely. Appropriate yawn from you there. I know, sorry. <laughs> I'm tired. But yes, we. I, I actually had a really fun time with this one. Right? I enjoyed this a lot more than people led me to believe that I would. Yes, I think this is a lot of fun. I had a lot of laughs, quite a few smiles, mm-hmm. some good moments from a very, very capable ensemble cast. Yes, definitely. Not perfect by any stretch. No. But I enjoyed this one. My sort of initial reaction to this film is... This is supposed to be a spoof movie, like Robin Hood Men in Tights. Like, that's how this came across, right? No, but okay. Like, to me, it just seemed like the choices that they'd made with certain things. I was like, oh, this is supposed to be like this. It's meant to be bad. Like, it's not meant to be well done or well scripted. Yeah. But it's like that on purpose. Maybe I'm just giving it too much credit. But... You see, I don't think it ever came across like almost Robin Hood, men in tights. I agree that there's an element of, I think this is a pantomime. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why maybe in America this hasn't translated so well. Yeah. Because pantomimes are quintessentially British. Yeah. And I think this is one of the best versions of, like, a film pantomime that I've seen. But I think, you know, the story of Cinderella is one that's uh, filled with natural moments for comedy anyway. So mm-hmm. it's not like Robin Hood where they've taken quite a serious story and found the humour in it. I think it's already quite funny at times anyway. Yeah. But I enjoyed this one. So we start with Billy Porter narrating over a butterfly Mm -hmm. really beautiful purple butterfly and introducing us to the world 
and saying how everything's about to change. Yes. Is Billy Porter this butterfly? Is my question at I this point. I think so. I mean, they're not. It took me like until the second shot of the butterfly. Because we had the butterfly to start with and then we saw a bit of the town and then we went back to the butterfly. And that time I was like, oh, the butterfly's narrating this. We're not just looking at a butterfly. Yes, but it's not the same butterfly we're going to get later. No, and it's not the same butterfly that we see at the end either. It's very, very weird. A bunch of different butterflies going through this movie. (laughs) But I guess, you know, if you're talking about like change and... Well, he's magic. He can be whatever kind of butterfly he wants. You know, considering like the whole metamorphosis that butterflies go through yeah you know that's a pretty good comparison to make yeah we get uh rhythm nation slash you've got to be yep we are a part of the rhythm nation we see i i really wonder whether and i know we've talked about who made this movie already but i wonder whether they are purposely referencing things like other enchanted in this movie because we see at the beginning they've got this whole thing in rhythm nation where like the villages are all very much a part of this like community every day is the same we do the same thing at the same time every day and you've got these men using like steel cutters but they're electric they're like proper modern day electric steel cutters they're not actually doing anything with them they're just making sparks come off of them but I was like, okay, cool. We've got modern day stuff in this. I like the idea of that. I like the idea of it being set in this medieval world where all of the women are wearing like stays and like those kind of older style dresses. But at the same time, we'll have like modern stuff. Like I can get so on board with this and like Cinderella's making their dinner for them, but also we have a microwave in the kitchen. Like that kind of thing. Brilliant. I'm Especially if it. you get, you know, Adina Menzel saying, oh, just put it in the microwave. The microwave. But no, that isn't where they go with this. For some reason, they just had those tools yeah. and it's never mentioned again. And also, so we're, we're basically through the Rhythm Nation, we're getting to know the Rhythm Nation. Yeah. We get to see all these different characters. We see the stepsisters and they seem to realise they're in a film because they posture to the camera for our benefit as they introduce themselves. Yes. So it's very, very, you know, breaking the fourth wall there. They and... are so funny. Like yes. they're they're just great characters. And this is the thing, right? So we have I think the the issue with doing a Cinderella retelling is that everybody knows the stereotypes of the characters, right? Yes. So if you do anything too dramatically different people won't like it. They'll... People won't like yeah. it. But then if you go mild you get this where it's like, okay, well, they're not the evil stepsisters. They're just her stepsisters. Adina Menzel isn't the wicked stepmother. She's just stepmother. She's just the stepmother. And I'm quite glad. I I don't, I don't like necessarily the trope of the ugly stepsisters, you know, because I always feel bad for the performers who have to play that, you know? Like, well, they're not even... It's so annoying because that that's come from Disney. Is that In the Disney cartoon movie, they are the ugly stepsisters, whereas in... Every just story version, they're wicked. Yeah. They're horrible to her. And you even have that line in Into the Woods, which is taken from the Grimm story, where they say, um, though they were both beautiful of face, they were ugly of heart and yeah. mind. Like, I like that. Yeah. That's great. And you, you know, but they're not in this. They're both gorgeous mm-hmm. and they're both kind of nice. They're quite nice. They're just sort of here. Yeah. We know that she is named Ella in this one, but, you know, she's named 
because she always has cinders on her face, so she's Cinderella, which is obviously... Oh, because the stepsisters aren't very inventive. Yes. Yeah. Which is great. That's, you know, a nice little touch, as opposed to her actually being called Cinderella. Mm -hmm. You know, she still calls herself Ella. Because I always find it weird when the prince is like, ah, Cinderella. It's like... Oh, he only calls her Ella in this. But that's what I mean. I always find it weird, because you've got her husband mocking her with her you know, nasty nickname there. Yeah. You know, so it's nice that we establish that, but she's Ella. Yeah, we're not in Pantoland where her name is Cinderella. This is it. You know, when she looks and dreams of her future, it's dresses by Ella. Mm -hmm. You know, she is still Ella, which is nice. We also get the sense that she's still full of spirit. She hasn't been broken yet. She's Mm -hmm. not shy, meek, mild. And then we see the mice and they squeak Rhythm Nation. So I'm like, oh, okay. So they just don't talk. They. I actually thought that was pretty funny. I, I was liked like, it. great. They're having them squeaking along to the song. Yeah. It was completely weird and random. I like what the mice look like too. They don't look like. The obviously, Disney. they look like animated mice, yes. right? They're CGI, but they look like they're interacting with the setting that they're yes, in. Yes, exactly. They Which look is like nice. they're touching the ground, you know. And considering we've just watched cats. Yep. Like. But they I can live without these uncanny valley cgi characters the mice then actually speak and we understand them but cinderella doesn't yeah we get a line where they're like um what's the point keep keep nodding lads she just hears squeaking and you're like okay right fine now we obviously have james corden as james the mouse yeah but we also have james acaster as john the mouse and ramesh Ranganathan as Ramesh the Mouse. Well, it says Simon the Mouse on... Mine says Ramesh. Yeah. On IMDb, it's Ramesh. Yeah, this is it. And Wikipedia has, has clearly messed up because they say Simon the Mouse. But it is, because we watched the um, credits at the end and we're like, oh, that's cool. you got James, John and Ramesh. And obviously... James Acaster doesn't get to be James. Yeah, that's he's got to so be funny. John. But John, John the Mouse. Yeah, you know, I, I like that. It's really nice to see mm-hmm. British comedians that we like obviously having a go in a film. And you told me these guys are James Corden's friends. Well, this is it. So Ramesh and James Corden have worked together a lot on League of Their Own, which is a panel show. Right. Uh, Ramesh and James have both been in different seasons of Taskmaster. Yeah. And but there's have... nothing I can see that suggests the two Jameses have done anything together. So maybe Ramesh... Well, I'm they're comedians. They were in the yeah, same they, kind they, of circles, exactly. don't they? But it's quite nice. And, I, you know, do you know what might be quite a nice thing out of this? And I don't know. I can't vouch for anything. But James Corden, as producer, has potentially got some of his friends a chance to yeah. have an acting well, credit. Because so this is Ramesh's Acaster, only film credit. Yeah, as well. Yeah. they they It's their first movie. And we also have Rob Beckett as well in it, which... Yes, he will know, show up in a minute. You know, so that's really nice that you've got a few different... British comedians, mm-hmm. nice opportunities for them. And maybe maybe their stuff was filmed post-COVID and they just had to keep it close to home because we need people in England. Maybe because it's all just, um, not their live action stuff, but their booth stuff is the majority of their work here, their yeah. recorded stuff, and then just a little bit of acting, Realistically, which is all in an outdoor setting. Yeah, and that can be done in a day. Yeah. That's a very minimal shoot for them. Mm-hmm. We do meet Adina Menzel. Her aesthetic is great. I really love, I love how, she how she looks, but she has shark eyes, like proper dead eyes in this. And it's quite intimidating. <laughs> it's like the first thing I said, she had some line. Oh, she picks up the teacup 
they sit down at the end of the song and they pick up their teacups to drink their tea. Yes. And, and she's completely dead behind the eyes. <laughs> she takes amazing. a sip and slams it down. The tea is not to her liking. Uh, one of the stepsisters, I think it was Nerissa, says, oh, she's being a little too harsh. And then Malvolia says, oh, no, she's not being harsh enough. So yeah, sense, she could have been worse. Yeah, the stepsisters are kind of on Cinderella's side. Like, it's a mean name, but they seem to like her. It's not the same kind of dynamic we've seen before where it's you know you're disgusting stay away from us cinderella yeah and we're gonna get some stuff later on where i'm like oh they like her yeah because like they're not actually mean to cinderella they don't stick up for her no and i guess maybe that is mean of them but you know, they're, they're not the ones that are, like, ripping her clothes and pushing Already her Already it feels like they're doing more with this version of Cinderella and the stepsisters than Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber does. Rob Beckett shows up as Thomas Cecil. He's quite a creep, but he's clearly interested as a man with some sway about town. He is a creep. And Nerissa says something about, oh, like, oh, he gives me creepy vibes yes. and Malvolia's like no I'm into it I like him yes and he has a cane because chicks dig it chicks dig the cane and then as he goes away and I'm I'm only bringing this up because I think it's going to be relevant later yeah as he leaves Adina Menzel's invited him in he says no he can't he's too busy he was just on his way somewhere and they all peer around the door at him like they're in Pride and Prejudice and he's Mr. Collins. Yes. Or, no, not even Mr. Collins. They they act like he's Mr. Bingley. Like, oh, a marriable gentleman. And well, they're like, actually, looking around the door I like, oh. the Mr. Collins is a pertinent reference. Yeah. Because... With the cane. Well, <laughs> I didn't day. mean the cane. I think I felt more because Nerissa and Cinderella certainly react to him. Like he's odious. Like he's odious and not someone to be married off to. Yeah. The difference is... They're like laughing at him. Yeah, Malvolia does seem interested. Mm -hmm. She's... um, Mary. I wouldn't say Mary. Who's the one that's not a Bennett sister that ends up with Mr. Collins? Charlotte Lucas. Yeah, she's Charlotte Lucas. Yeah. But you can see why I didn't enjoy Pride and Prejudice, sort of, because I just don't know the, Mm -hmm. the characters. But she's the one that wants to marry him and be quite happy to. And maybe this is where the jealousy comes because he's interested in Cinderella. But we don't get that here. No, but he, there's a reference to the fact he wants to marry someone. And then the stepmother is saying to Cinderella that she wants to marry her off, not in a negative way. And I thought this was really awesome. Yeah, it's so interestingly done because it's, okay, Cinderella, we live in this world where you can't make money you can't own property. You can't run your own business. Yes. So you need to marry a man who can do all of those things for you. And you need to do it quickly because you're an adult now. Yes. And this is the thing is it doesn't feel like the stepmother is hiding Cinderella away so that, you know, she has her own little servant. No, she's trying to get rid she's, of her. But she's yeah. trying to get rid of her also in a way that benefits Cinderella. Mm-hmm. She may not love Thomas, but she knows that she'll have a good caliber of life with him yeah he's well off he has his own carriage he's finely dressed yeah like, so actually that's quite nice of this like this stepmother does seem to care about cinderella because otherwise the priority would be marrying off malvolia or narissa and she'd be like look you'll be happy you get what you get now maybe she's holding up someone better for her actual biological daughters 
but she's still giving Cinderella some nice opportunities mm. here. And she's only the villain because it's, but I don't want that world. I mm. want to be so much more than this provincial life. Yeah, and the way that they're doing it, I'm going to reference Pride and Prejudice again. They play Cinderella like she's Elizabeth Bennet, right? Yes. Like she's like, oh no, I'm too intelligent and ahead of my time for this world. But then we have references in the rest of the film to the fact that all of the women in this world are like that. Yeah. They all know that they want to be able to do more things than they actually can do in this like crazy over the top patriarchal society. But Cinderella is the only person who is kind of dense enough to not take advantage of the situation that she's in. Yeah. You know? Because like really... We don't know a whole lot about Thomas. We don't really learn anything about No, he him, literally right? just exists kind of as a MacGuffin. He's just a rich dude who's around. What's to say that he's not going to let Ella be a seamstress when they're married? Because this is my other issue with this film, right? We learn right from the start, Cinderella wants to be a seamstress. Yes, I mean, she wants the, to make couture dresses. And this is what we're going to get in the next song, Million to One, is all about her dream fancy of wanting set up dresses by Ella. Yeah. First of all, I think that's like the most unoriginal job you could give Cinderella. Yes. Of, of anything. If anybody thinks of Cinderella, they're like, okay, what job would Cinderella have in the modern day she would make dresses? Of course, because that's like what the whole story's about, yeah. you know? I feel like we could have gone for something else or something more traditionally masculine maybe that would have made it more interesting i'd have been really into it if she wanted to be a knight like if that's what this whole story was about because then i'd understand the stepmother being like no you can't do that you need to watch a knight's tale yeah that'll give you that but for some reason everyone's against this i wish we'd had like maybe cinderella made all the dresses that everybody's wearing in the house like Where is the stepmother getting her dresses from? But this is it. It feels like that would be an industry that, you you know, the men would leave to the women. Yeah, because we don't see another clothes shop in this film. There's the guy who sells the the fabric. But what what are people doing with that fabric? Well, obviously women are making themselves clothes. I think they must all be making their own dresses. Yeah. So... Why is it a problem that she wants to make dresses? Because Other it's a patriarchal that society. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, that, that unfortunately the laws say that only a man can own land and... and well, so the business. only thing that is stopping her from doing, being this uh, dressmaker is that she can't own a business, yes. right? So we can... I don't know. I just, I obviously, obviously by modern day standards, I'm like, she should be able to own her own business. This is insane. This is a crazy way to run the world. However, in universe, marry that rich guy and open your shop. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, I know she because doesn't she, love him. Yeah, no, no, but that defeats the point. because she wants to do it of her no, own accord. No, it defeats the point. But, like, make use of what is right in front of you. But she's too stubborn. That's the thing. It's no. like, this version of Cinderella is such a beige representation because, like, she just wants this dream. And and million to one, don't get me wrong, she's got a lovely voice, but it feels too much like a pop song. It's not a musical theatre song. It also sounds too like a million dreams for me to really get into it. it sounds exactly like And a it's rare dreams. that I'd rather, you know, it's rare when I'm thinking, huh, I'd rather watch The Greatest Showman. Yeah, you, you know? know something's wrong. But, like... Yeah, the rest, the way that the 
jukebox songs are arranged for this musical is really well done. They sound like musical theatre yeah, songs. They're very this, embedded in the world. This, this one, one doesn't. doesn't. And it doesn't, you don't really need this. Mm-hmm. And essentially, this is just showing her dreams. Now, she's got some great drawings. And this Cinderella can clearly draw a good dress, but she doesn't make a good dress. Yeah. I know we both didn't like her dress designs and, you know... They don't look great. Like they don't. There's one particularly bad one. Yeah, but they don't. Typically, through this, she looks best in her peasant clothing, Mm. and everything else doesn't fit her well. Yeah, she. I know you said this is a really beige representation of Cinderella, but all of her peasant clothing is beige. Yes, (laughs) it is. It's all shades of beige and cream. Which, first of all, if she's doing all the housework, how is she keeping any of that clean? But it's really nice it fits her really well it's obviously because it stays obviously you lace them up so it fits to your body she's not wearing a corset she's wearing period appropriate clothing unlike beauty and the beast 2017 but which i will never not be mad about the costumes in this are amazing the stepsisters look great they're in that over the top bridgerton style like clothing it's fussy but it suits them yes and, and the stepmother looks fantastic as well yeah everybody's clothes are really flattering until you put cinderella in one of her vintage like homemade dresses and then you're like yeah why is this happening and I think... there's only one dress that i liked that she made yeah well this is the thing this is this is why i don't think it is anything to do with the patrick arkle world i think it is just stepmother's like oh yeah your dresses are lovely but she knows deep down they'll flop because they're not lovely they're not that good yeah no this is the thing and i like in this fancy sequence cinderella's actually taken stepmother's advice and brushed her hair because there's a little bit of tea she's like oh you look so much better if you brushed your hair and cinderella's like no stepmother i'm not gonna brush my hair but then in fantasy sequence when you know, she has brushed hair yeah she has brushed so hair. Funny. yeah dresses by ella it will flop based on the actual execution of her dresses, because they don't look as great. Also, I don't know if I've ever said this on here before, but I teach graphic design. Her her shop sign is terrible. Yeah. I hate it. We cut to the palace, and we see that uh, <laughs> Prince Robert is interviewing a bride. And, and I love her. She's great. She's not into him. So this is the thing. She's clearly gay. yeah because the way she says like about how oh yes we'll do all of this and then we'll do and then we'll get to the disgusting practice of making a son she doesn't she doesn't want to marry him either she's like we'll live apart i my reach where i live i own basically all of this everything on the map from here down to the sea monster which incredible i love that joke it comes back a couple of times so many times so funny But she's like, yeah, we'll live separately. I'll live in my castle over there and you'll live here and we'll just be friends. And and he's like, no, I'm not doing that. But this is the thing is like in the same way. He comes across the same as Cinderella. It's like, you're so selfish. And that's exactly it. She's (laughs) at least, he's not recognising that he's, what his opinion is, he's the only one who's got to go through something harsh. He's like, oh, the world is so unfair. I don't want to marry someone, daddy. I want to marry for love. And he doesn't seem to realise that this woman doesn't want to marry him either. Yeah, she's not interested He's in too him. busy sitting with his band. He's like, I just want to jam with my band, daddy. Oh, right. I love his band. Hench, right? We, we, it's like a medieval Gerard way. So oh I was right God. on board with him the way we he sat. We were obsessed with him. Um, he's played by Fra Fey and I don't know if I'm saying that right. Fee? 
Frafee. He's played by Frafee, who was in Les Mis and is Korferak. Yes. Which is the... The drunkard. The, the little cute one, yeah. you know? But, like, he's sort of just here Yeah, and he also time. played uh, Kazzy in Hawkeye. Oh, cool. So the Disney Plus series yeah. quite recently, which is very, very cool. But he, him and... What's the other one called? Griff, yes. who were two of the henchmen... They have maybe three lines between the two of them, but they're in the background the whole time, just being gorgeous. Yes, <laughs> like, just like just hanging out. Little... We were like, "What is happening? He, Why would you got... put them in this?" Yeah. And we also have Count Wilbur, who does have a lot more lines. Who yes. has a lot more lines? Is played by uh, Janet Leigh Lachere. Yep, she was one of the first transgender performers to be cast in a Hollywood musical. Hmm. Which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I love the way that she is styled in this movie. Yes. Because while she is wearing quite male-presenting uh, court attire, there's it's got like a feminised edge to it, which yes. is nice. It's different from the way that the other court... Uh, you still got a courtier if you're a man? I don't know. I think it's gender encompassing. Yeah, the way that the other courtiers are dressed, they're all very, like, you've got a lot of stereotypical feminine outfits, a lot of stereotypical male outfits, whereas she is in quite a feminised version of what the male courtiers are wearing, which yeah. I like. It's nice. But yes, this whole... Also, love this character. What did you say we were called? Wilbur. Yeah, Count Wilbur. Count Wilbur. She's hilarious, and... It has more lines than Griff and Hench put together. Yeah. <laughs> it is super funny. It's just sort of here. This is the thing. Why are these guys friends with the prince? They're all way cooler than he is. He's a wild He's got his baby. father to buy him a band, and that's yeah, why they stick basically. around. We go to the new Barry, which is essentially just a nice little exposition song with a town crier. This is Ben Bailey Smith, also known uh, as Doc Brown. And I love Ben Bailey Smith. I've seen him live when I went to see the Ricky Gervais Life on the Road tour. He's in Life on the Road. Uh, within the UK, the National Theatre does this scheme for schools called the Connection Scheme, where they get new scripts that haven't been performed professionally and they give them to schools mm -hmm. and schools perform them. And then, you know, the very best go into the National Theatre in London to perform them. And I know that the, the year that I ran the Connections scheme, I didn't work on his script, but he put forward a script. That's cool. Which is fantastic. A very, very talented individual. I love the representation of some rap in this. Mm -hmm. It's very, very fun. Like, stylistically, the songs are different. It fits him. I love his costume design. It's very Black Parade. But it's very, very tongue-in-cheek as well. Like, he's really fun having a lot of you know, energy, and uh, it seems like he's enjoying his job. You know, he's not like this boring town cry. He's just like, hey, 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 another prince is having another ball. He's got some real, like, charisma to it. Yeah. The thing, at this point, I was like, oh, okay, I can make a list of the previous Cinderella adaptations that the people who made this film have gone and watched. Yes. And it's definitely the Whitney Houston Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Yeah. Because this is His Royal Highness, Christopher Rupert. Yeah. Like that song. Uh, Ella Enchanted. Yeah. And 
probably the 2015 live action Disney one, yeah. based on how some of the costumes and sets look. But this, I don't know where this town crier thing came from because it it is the Rodgers and Hammerstein one, the original one, not the Whitney Houston one. But their script for what Cinderella the musical should be has this town crier announcing things from the palace and telling us the news. And so they've definitely latched onto that as a concept and got it from that version. Yeah. Which I love as a reference. It's nice. But then also imagine seeing this when you've never seen a version of Cinderella before. Yeah. this is, And actually, but I still food. think this story would hold up. I don't feel like you'd lose out from never having seen Cinderella before. Like you could still get a good sense of this story. Mm. Well... I like that this guy has his backup band. It's yeah. cool. I like it. We go back to the palace and it's double whoa seven. <laughs> as we see. Boo. As we see King Pierce Brosnan, King Rowan, I believe is his name, stewing in his own anger. He has a Poirot-esque facial hair mm -hmm. and he looks so handsome here. But he is also doing his best best Sean Connery impression, which is especially funny considering he never spoke like him as James Bond. Yeah. And he's angry that his son said no. And, you know, we could have had everything. We could have had a she monster. And the prince replies, is, well, perhaps you should marry the sea monster. And the king looks like, well, yes. I yes. would if I wasn't already married. I love the little dynamic and the, the banter between Minnie Driver and Pierce Brosnan where she's like, did you make your chair taller? He's like, yes, yes, I did. You know. No, he he denies it and is then like, but I I should have a taller chair. I'm the king. <laughs> yeah. He says, I'm becoming a laughing stock. <laughs> it's really, really funny that like he... Oh, I don't know if it's here, but we learn at some point that the queen was a princess in her own right when they married. Yeah, that's a little bit later on. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, and very similar thing to what her son's going through is, is you know, she had to marry for the good of the land, but she at least had a man she felt put the effort into courting her. Mm -hmm. And she's lost that now with, you know, the way King Rowan is. Yeah. And, you know, King Rowan and Prince Robert go off and have a little conversation about, you know, what it is to be a king, what it is to be a man in this culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he says, you're, you're a laughing stock boy. And he, he produces the actors, that, you know, a promotion for a play. He goes, oh, theatre. And the title of the play that Prince Robert gets excited about is called The King's Idiot Son. Yes. And oh, we get this line where the prince is like, oh, can we still get tickets? And the king says, no, they're locked in the dungeons. Yeah. And he has a line back where he's like, what? You can't lock actors in a dungeon. What do they do? They need validation to live. Well, yeah, it's like you can't leave actors alone without attention. They'll die. Yeah. It's fantastic. And then we have this, oh, this great moment. So they're standing like outside and there's a gospel choir set up. Mm -hmm. And he says, you better clean your act up, boy, or else, or else I'll make your sister the, 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 the monarch. And you hear the bum, bum, gospel choir that's here yeah and then we see which we is hear fantastic. a little like squeaking noise and it cuts across to a painting of the royal family and then you see princess gwen in the painting her eyes blink and yes. then her dad is like can you please come out from behind there and she basically spends this whole movie stalking the king trying yeah. to 
put forth her own ideas for what would make the country better. Yes. Because she's and, the only person that has any passion or ideas. And definitely wants a more equal society. Yeah. And the king sends her off on her merry way and says, you're going to hold a ball. Balls are fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it is just so panto and it's so silly. And then the the prince goes into this room with the, the gospel choir and he's just like, Oh my life. And I was just like, I I, I just we paused the film and I just went, Agony. <laughs> but instead, we get somebody to love. But we get it in the best way because obviously there's no music playing. Right. I said this as soon as it happened. They definitely watched Other Enchanted yes. before they made this film because this scene is almost exactly the same as the way Somebody to Love plays out yeah. in Ella Enchanted. And apparent on on IMDb, it says that it's a reference. Yeah, it absolutely so, is. cool, I'm here for it. But in the same way it does in Ella Enchanted, he sings, can... <laughs> and there's yeah. no music to start with. And so obviously, immediately, I start dying <laughs> laughing because I love it when that happens, in musicals yeah. where people start singing and I'm like, oh, there's a song. <laughs> It's Excellent. great, Let's and I, I really love this one. There's a there's a line that goes, I work hard, and I, I just wrote it down, I suspect he doesn't work hard at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the interior looks a lot like Hampton Court Palace. It's not, but it does really look the same, so imagine most of these places just have the same vibes. Yeah, probably. And then there's a great moment where you get Seth Rollins, you know, look-alike look guard standing on the side, goes, find me. Somebody to love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're there to observe the changing of the guards, and yes. so the guards, as they're changing, dance and sing to find they me do. somebody's love. And Glenn then, is not impressed by this. No, but it all ends with the king shouting, "Get off my dad!" And everyone's like, <gasps> and they look up and they see Cinderella has climbed on a statue of of Piers Brosnan. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he looks like his dad. Okay, too much like his dad. Kids look like they're, ad- they're, they're adults, mm. you know? But yeah, and she tries to pretend to move his mouth. He goes, I don't mind people sitting on me. And he's like, yes, he would. And Prince Robert's loving this, and he's immediately in love with this girl who's got the courage to stand up to his dad. Mm. And he goes in and he says, right, you know, um, I will agree to a, a ball if every girl is allowed you know, I'll play a little game, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Every every unmarried, girl, unmarried yeah. girl has to be allowed, and King Rowan's like, okay, fine. I I realise here this is what my issue with Cinderella is: is not only that she's beige, mm-hmm. is that she's trying to be manic pixie dream girl. She's trying to be like too eccentric and too like out there, and it just she doesn't have a it personality comes type. As disingenuous, yeah, because she's too else. many different types of personality to actually have a personality. Mm-hmm. So, well, this is the thing I said before we started watching it. I hope that they keep this this thing of like Cinderella being kind and brave. No, there is nothing for her to be brave against. Like, even in the the things where she's like trying to flog her dress. Yeah. <laughs> she, there's nothing really for her to stand up against because nobody everything just listens works. to her. Yeah. This just isn't going to happen. But, and everything just works out for her. Yeah. And the only act of kindness we see from her is her 
stopping that caterpillar from being eaten by a spider. Oh, yeah, which has happened before Million to right One. Right, at the beginning of the Oh, movie. yeah, we completely forgot we about that. We were like, yeah. why is she doing that to that caterpillar? And then it's, yeah, so this caterpillar is now, like, in a little... She keeps it in a box, yeah. yeah it's, it's cocooned. So Caterpie has evolved into Metapod at this point mm-hmm. in time. And the mice don't like it. They think it's disgusting. I like this bit that Gwen tries to pitch an idea for changing society and Pierce Brosnan replies with, I don't make the rules. I'm just the king. Mm-hmm. And I laugh. And he's great because he's doing everything so seriously, like it's real panto, but he commits to this character so well. We go and we see Count Wilbur and Prince Robert... Uh, as Prince Robert tries to dress and look like a commoner. Mm-hmm. He just looks like a pirate. And they're, they're talking about how... You know, Count Wilbur says, but I am still your best friend, aren't I? Yeah. And it's a really weird like conversation. It doesn't really go anywhere other than like, yeah, you are my best friend. Mm-hmm. But like, are you? It, it, it was a weird addition. I don't like the line. I don't. I really don't like the line from Prince Robert where he's like, yes, I'm in love with her. Unless she has bads in her belfry, in which case I'll admit I was wrong and just do what my dad says. That feels like a really damning indictment of, mental you know, health. mental health. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. You know, that's like a... Yeah, yes. especially because... I don't know if you know about this. So there's a song from the musical version of Cry Baby. It's not in the film called Screw Loose. Yeah. And it's sung by Ali Morsey, who's an amazing performer, and it's a it's a comedy song in the show about how this girl is so crazy that she's lost her mind for being in love with Crybaby. And she, like, wants to carve his name into her arm and stuff like that. Anyway, that has the line, Bats in my belfry. Yeah. Right, and she's singing about how insane she is, and it's been very publicly like condemned by people, mostly on TikTok, but also on Twitter recently. It's like in the last six months before this film came out. Yeah, and so it's really interesting that they kept this line in, and it maybe just, they didn't know about it. No, but like it's just interesting. It's not a nice line, you know. The whole point is like you also don't hear people saying that. Anymore. Yeah, it just it really is like you know I love her. Love should be this unconditional thing and we're making jokes at people's mental health and that's not okay. Especially Mm -hmm. when this is coming out, you know, after a pandemic and people know mental health is at their worst. But it is, it's there, unfortunately. This is where we cut back and Cinderella's talking to the cocoon. You've got the fattest mouse is James Corden. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we cut to outside as the stepmother makes the stepsisters hang laundry. This isn't a Cinderella job. This is job, amazing. Right? This is really amazing because her, her logic for this is you have to know what's expected of you as mothers and wives. This no, is, that's not why she's it not? doing it. No, she says to them, Oh, no, this, this is, is what your, you your, will be doing if you if don't, you don't get, marry yes, well. Yeah. Because there's also, while this whole scene plays out, there's like a sexy farmhand in the background. He's yes. shifting hay bales. And he's like shirtless. And so the stepsisters are both like cooing at him or whatever. Yeah. And the point that Adina Menzel is trying to make is like, if you marry a farmhand, you'll be doing this kind of work all day. If you marry somebody like Thomas. Yes. You'll be sitting happy all day, like doing nothing and being rich. And wouldn't you much prefer to have people work for you than to have to do the work yourselves? Yeah. 
And so she makes them hang the laundry so that they understand what this is like. But then because of that, you get the sense that that's also what she's been doing with Cinderella. Because by this point in the movie, what housework have we seen Cinderella do? None. She made tea at the beginning. Yeah. That was it. And her stepmother was like, this tea's terrible. How have you not learned how to make a proper cup of tea yet? And that's kind of it. Yeah. And you're like, I feel like she should know how to make tea, first of all. But also, she has the biggest bedroom out of anybody in this house. Yep. Because we see a couple of them. She is allowed to pursue her, her dressmaking. Yeah. There's nobody stopping her. It's not like she does it in secret. She's got a whole wall in her beautiful basement bedroom. Yeah. That's just covered in pictures and drawings that she's done. And you're kind of like, okay, Adina Menzel is on board for you. I keep calling her that. The stepmother is on board for you to be doing this. That's fine. But she also wants you to be a realist and to know that you are just going to have to marry well if you yeah. want to pursue this. Exactly. And it's it's very clear it's at this really point that weird. the villain is Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. But also Cinderella herself is kind of like her own worst enemy because she's so stuck in the world she wants. She doesn't realize what she's actually going to have to do to, to get there. To and, get there, yeah. Yeah. This is where we get Material Girl and it's a great... Uh, song for this scene and at this point i'm like she sounds like elsa and i can hear it and there's a part of me that was like huh this is very very interesting because adina menzel obviously she was in enchanted as well she doesn't sing in that no exactly but so this is the thing a lot of little children are going to grow up knowing her simply as the voice of elsa they wouldn't be able to put her name to her face or anything like that. She's just Elsa. Yeah. So if this is a family film, kids are watching this, I think at this point they're going to be like, is that Elsa's voice? Yeah. And I wonder, and I think this is really, really interesting, especially when you play a character as like iconic, but also maybe as important to children. Mm -hmm. You know, this must have had a huge impact on her career anyway now, because she has to play certain types of characters. But these kids watching this, is is it going to be like, oh, oh, could this have an impact on Frozen? If they're like, why is Elsa the stepmother, you know? I don't think kids will realise that. I, yeah. I, I think you're I, overestimating. Possibly. But I just, I think it's very, very interesting because it's so, it is her, it's her voice. Mm -hmm. And it's the first thing that I feel she's definitely shown her face and sung since Elsa. Mm-hmm. Cinderella tries to sell her ugly dress and she's accused of, so so she bumps into this like rich woman in the middle of the street and this woman says how dare you try and sell me your your mistress's stolen clothes I should call a police officer and she has no luck and she tries to sell it to yeah that was weird that never comes around again nope and she tries to sell it to um one of the vendors and he's not interested either because patriarchy and everyone laughs at the idea of a female businesswoman uh enter prince robert in magnificent splendor <laughs> nice here's my question if your point is nobody believes a woman because we're in this patriarchal society yeah. Why wouldn't you have it be a man that said that to her? Because unless we're trying to get deeper into the whole like, oh, but it's other women keeping these women down, like yeah. as well, which they don't do. It doesn't go anywhere. Possibly. It just seemed like a weird thing for, to have a female character say to another female character. Yeah, it's a weird moment. But, you know, Prince Robert pity buys her dress. 
And she tells him not to. He's like, no, please got... don't pity buy my dress. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll pay triple what you're asking. And she's like, okay, well, let me know if you like it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll try it on when I get home. Yeah, and it's got a mum, dead mum's brooch in as well that, like, you know. Oh, this really bugs me. I'm sure I've talked about this before on this podcast. But in this version, Cinderella's mother died when she was born. She yes. never knew her. And she has this line here where she's like, I'm sure my mother would want me to follow my dreams rather than keep a brooch. Which, cool. I like that. That's fine. And we also learn that the stepmother has been her mother yeah. basically her and entire life. And has actually seemingly life. been a good mother as well. We've not yeah. seen her. Stepmother is your mum. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no reason why. For all we know, her actual mum could have been ten times worse. Right? Her actual mum could have been like, no, you will marry Thomas. Get down. Go. We're marrying you now. He's yeah, interested. Yeah, you don't get, get a my... choice. You're yeah. marrying. Could have been far worse. Adina Menzel seems like she knows what's up yeah. in this movie. <laughs> like she's doing the best that she can. It's crazy. We get um, Barry the town crier back. We never give him his name, but because I think the first song is something about Barry. He's called the new Barry. The new Barry. So I call him Barry. Mm. I love him. And he sings another song, announcing the ball for your shot at the crown. And Prince Robert's like, so are you going to come? You know, you should come. And she's like, no, why, why, why would I want to? The prince is stupid. He's smelly. And she badmouths him in front saying like, oh, he's just a layabout. He's really lazy and uh. And he's like, oh, tell me how you really feel. Yeah. And he, he, he pitches it to her. He's like, oh, no, but you should come. Because she says he serves no real purpose. The real brains are Princess Gwen, which is true. How does anybody know that when Gwen's not allowed to do anything? But, but you know, you know, Prince Robert entices Cinderella to the ball by saying, "But you could sell your dresses there because there'll be loads of women there who want your dresses, and if you come wearing something beautiful, you can show some of your ideas off." And people, and she's like, "That's a great idea. I will be there." Now, I really love the idea as they part. <laughs> in my mind, I could just literally see Prince Robert taking the dress and just throwing it in the bin. Yeah, just like walking up, going ah, ha, 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 throws it in the bin. Nothing ever seen of that dress again. And Cinderella buys the fabrics in the background. You know that would have been great. Um, she sits down, sketches ideas, and you point out she's only got three sheets of paper. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the magical reappearing three sheets of paper because yeah. she starts tearing up drawings straight away. Like, like multiple but there's three sheets there the whole it's time. Like she should have bought some more paper. Um, yeah, she bought so much fabric, but no paper. We go to Am I Wrong, and we see the prince with his band. He's got an electric guitar, and they're just they're just performing. They're like lounging outside on the grass, yeah. in front of the castle. Count Wilbur's in the band as well. Like they are a band together, the four of them. It's really cute. And you know, this is a really fun little montage of like everyone preparing for the ball, but the song doesn't feel like it fits. No, because, like, what are they saying with this song? It's the whole, like, oh, if I'm wrong, I don't want to be right, yeah. right? So what's the issue here? Yeah, The it prince is going to go to the ball and pick a girl. That's what his parents want him to do. So he's doing the right thing. Yeah, Cinderella is just getting ready to go to the ball so she can meet rich investors. Yeah. So she's doing the right. I don't. Yeah. This is a weird song. The song choice. doesn't. The song doesn't work. It's. I, I like the idea of it. They're all just getting ready. There's a weird moment where Count Wilbur is like staring at Prince Robert, like with real like love in her eyes. Yeah. There's a thing later as well where she's looking at Hitch. Is it yeah. Hitch? Yeah. Is it Hitch? Hench. Hitch or Hench? <laughs> it's Hench. 
Yeah, she's looking at Hench and she looks like she like is in love with Hench as well. Which like maybe it's just being surrounded by these guys. Yes. But it's just like a weird But yeah, hides away when Prince Robert looks in, in her direction. So oh, I wasn't looking yeah, at Yeah, it's almost like they were gonna have something happen with that and then somebody it was goes like, that... Maybe that feels a bit homophobic. Yeah. So we're not gonna do that. And then we cut back to Cinderella and her dress is hideous. Again, it doesn't fit her well. It's not pink one. Yeah. Right, so this is actually the only dress that you like that I liked okay. that she supposedly made. It looks terrible on the mannequin that she's got it hung up on, but once it is on her, it's very well fitted yeah. to her body. Camilla Cabello looks great. The corset part is like slightly longer than a normal corset would be. So the skirt hangs in a strange yeah. way, but it's actually interesting to look at, right? And the sleeves are attached to the rest of it, which is my pet peeve for the rest of this movie. So it's okay. I still think it looks like... Oh my God, we've been re-watching Merlin on Netflix. I love Merlin. But it's, you know, more Ghost's dress yeah. that she wears for the whole show. It's the same as that. It's got this weird ribbon that looks like it's been put on too tightly. It's too attached to the to the bodice part. And so it just is a bit... There's just too much going on. Yeah. It's a bit over the top. It looks like something a student would make, which isn't inherently a bad thing, but the way I mean it is like, it she doesn't... actually hasn't had a lot of chance to develop her ideas. She hasn't got her own taste or her own style And she's yet. definitely not ready... To be a professional. To be a professional. Mm-hmm. So she goes upstairs, ready for the ball. The step family all look great. There's no like comedy to their outfits. They all look great. Malvolio looks at Cinderella and and recognizes (laughs) that she looks great. She goes, "That's it. I give up. I'm eating a muffin and going to bed." It's my favorite line in the whole film. That is my mood every time I get dressed to leave the house. I'm like, "Do you know what? That's it." It's like the Grinch. He's like, "That's it. I'm not going." going. Now eating a muffin and going to bed. This is the thing I really like again. Right, wicked stepmother. She's not wicked. She says, oh, my Cinderella, you look amazing. But, but I forgot to tell but you. But I forgot to tell you, yeah. you're not going to the ball because I've agreed. From you're betrothed. Sir, yeah, 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 for Thomas's engagement to you. Do you know what Thomas's job is? I've just found out. Oh. He is the... A dandy. No, he's the grocery merchant. Okay. So, like, he has a, a large income. Everybody... And he, I'm sure he'd love to have a dress of the day. Too. He could be like the Mabel sisters. Sell groceries. Right? If he is a business owner, what's to say he won't have, like have a, a new business that she can then run? Run, yeah. Just like, oh, yes. so stupid. So she she tries to say to, you know, Vivian, the stepmother. She only, yeah. She only wants to go to the ball to sell her dresses. So then we, we realise it. What's the point of fairy god person then? Because... She's not going to be selling. We actually had to pause the movie at to this think point about to this talk po- about this. Because. We obviously didn't know what was coming. And we'll talk about it when we get there. But we were like, okay, we've seen in the trailer that the fairy step person. Step person? Wait, it's the, fa- the fairy god. It's the fabulous godmother. Yeah. That fabulous G is going to make Cinderella a new dress. That's in the trailer. Yes. That's all that we've seen is Billy Porter waves his magic wand and she gets a new dress suddenly. Okay. So it defeats the point of it her It defeats actually. the point of her going to the ball to sell the dress that she made. Because she didn't make it. Yeah. So that's our current thought process. Edina Menzel is really nice about the dress and says, yes, it looks beautiful. But when Cinderella won't let it go, 
Vivian loses it and just throws some paint over the dress and defaces it. It's a it. jar of writing ink. Yeah. She throws it at her. So she has this big ink stain right in the middle. Yeah. It's and a beautifully placed it is. ink stain. And to their credit as well, Malvolio and Narissa both look really sad at this and don't like what's happened. But again, yes, it's a nasty thing and it has to happen. Stop Cinderella from going and for the rest of this plot. But actually, you can understand stepmother getting frustrated because this, you know, the child isn't this thing and you know, all of that. It's like, look, I've done, I've made the choice. This is it. Mm. You know, yes, she's villainous because she's the obstacle that stops. To what Cinderella wants, but what she's doing is actually... Out of love and... Would, in a, in a universe where Cinderella has not met the prince, this would be helpful to Cinderella. Exactly, yeah. So they all go off. We're downstairs. The mice see the magic butterfly hatch. And... And they say, the butterfly. Well, they say, what an improvement. Yeah. I do still prefer the slipper and rose mice. The little, like, people who look up at the camera like, eee! You know? Oh, the ballet dancers. Yeah, the yeah. ballet dancers. And That's this is where we get million to one reprise. And I just put, Yeah, she runs outside and just sort of screams at the sky for a bit. Yeah. It's not like she's a bad singer. I just wrote, whoa, oh, 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 oh. This is a greatest show men song. That's all this is. It's it's the same thing again and again. It doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't even feel right to this universe. And this is when we get the whole transformation to the fabulous godmother. It's really, really fun. We see how the butterfly becomes like this fabulous dress. Yeah, and this looks like a an outfit that Billy Porter wore to the Met Gala one yeah. time. I don't know whether it's actually his own clothes or whether it's been redesigned Maybe. for this. But my question is, why is it a different butterfly? It, I just feel like that's... It is a different butterfly from the beginning and it's actually really irritating. It is really irritating because if you've made a big point of this narration and showing this butterfly, yeah, don't have it then be a different butterfly. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it doesn't work unless it's like other fairy god people, you know, like yeah. could you have shown more butterflies all going off? Like they're all spreading off to do their fairy work, but it mm-hmm. doesn't work for me. <laughs> we were told let's not ruin this magical moment with reason it's almost like the script writers knew let's not question it yeah and we go to shining star and billy porter says don't you want to go to the ball cinderella mm-hmm. cinderella replies of course i was just crying and singing about it i hate that joke yeah that's a weird i feel like we've reached a point in you know 2020 one whenever this film came out that like yeah we know that people sing in musicals and it's weird but i don't need you to call attention to it yeah it's a weird joke like it it was funny earlier when gwen basically told the prince to shut up when he was singing yeah um, somebody to love that's funny yeah that having her shush him that's funny i'm okay i'm okay with that but her being like, oh, I was just singing and crying about it. Like, low-hanging fruit, okay? Yeah. <laughs> We're past this. He brings one of her designs to life, and that is okay. It's a nice sparkly, the, the, the most prestigious dress, the one that, like, shines. However, she keeps saying this line, which I wish they'd cut, but she says, like, four or five times where she's like, oh, that dress is a daydream. It's impossible. I could never make it. Impossible. And then she goes to the ball... And everyone's like, wow, your dress is amazing. Who made it? And she's like, oh, I did. Like, yeah. no, you designed it. Yeah. 
You didn't make this dress. And this is you've said multiple times that you could not have made this. And this dress. is again, Cinderella is a liar. Yeah. How can you get on board with this? You know, she's gaslighting all these women at the ball, being like, "I can make you dresses nice." She's going to take their money and she's going to run. Yeah. Ah, so she has this new dress. And she's like, oh no, if I go to the ball, the stepmother will recognize me. And Billy Porter's like, oh no, I can fix that. That's fine. He's At this point, they start calling him Fab G, which yes. I kind of like. That's cute. And he's like, no, no, I can fix that. That's fine. Um, no one will recognize you. Only Prince Robert will. Yeah, because then she's like, oh no, but I'm supposed to be meeting a guy. And yeah. he's like, okay, fine. Only he will recognize. <laughs> so before the dress actually gets made, I really like Billy Porter's mannerisms, you know, it's really fun the way that the magic works. People have accused him in this of being too camp. I don't think and it's overacting, camp at all. but actually, this is what Billy Porter acts like. Yeah, in I real think life. it's great. I think it works really well. Yeah, the mother's willow tree actually helps make the fancy dress. It's like part of the the willows all come out. Yeah, it's nice to see a reference to the the yeah. willow tree again. And Billy Porter also says, "Women's shoes are as they are. Even magic has its limits." Mm-hmm. And then you get the Even nice... magic has its limits, and then she takes four steps, and Fab G is like, yeah. magic, make them comfy. Yeah. Then we have the, the, the Mercedes-Benz carriage come up, which is really cool. It comes from a parcel. Mm-hmm. And then they turn the mice into humans, and they go, ho, Lee, fudge. Fudge. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And Cinderella again, do you know what? This this line I really don't like. I really don't see the need for this. She assumes the gender of the mice. She's an idiot. She's like, oh, I thought all mice were girls That's and all rats a weird were boys. Line to have in here. Why would you yeah, why would you have this line here? It just feels again like low-hanging fruit, like, oh, let's make some gender jokes. Ha 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 ha. It's not necessary. In a scene with Billy Porter who very famously and publicly talks about how gender's a whole load of rubbish. It's so weird. I could understand. This version of Cinderella's an idiot. I could understand (laughs) if this was one of the mice saying, go, huh, I didn't know we were all guys. But even that just, it just, this joke doesn't need to exist. It's a stupid joke. I didn't like it. Yeah. And mouse anatomy being what it is, you would have been able to tell. Right. Here's my favourite bit. Uh, James Corden reveals there are snakes in the house. I believe... <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Goliath National Bank wants to build their new headquarters here. Mm-hmm. They've released the snakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a weird line. And he's just like, yeah, this is the furthest we'll have been outside the house. Not since the time we ran from the snakes. Is that, we'll come back to it later. It's like, oh yeah, we were going to tell you, but we'll, we'll talk about it later, yeah. don't worry. And then they, they're singing and Billy Porter likes James Corden's scatting. Mm-hmm. And then, then they head off. Then they leave in the Mercedes Benz coach. Yes, which I expected more of, knowing that it was a Mercedes Benz coach, and actually just looks like a coach. Every coach from every movie ever, yeah. and also is turned into the coach from a crate with a crest on it that's got like two horses. Yeah, and the horses become the, the... and the horses become the horses. So I was like, what's the what are we learning about Mercedes-Benz here? <laughs> why, horsepower. why is this what they've got? Yeah, <laughs> two horsepower. I like this next scene where we go to the ball and we're in like the king and queen's like 
royal seats. Poor Gwen is not allowed to attend the ball. She has to sit with her parents. Mm-hmm. And King Rowan... That seems dumb. Why aren't they trying to marry her off? Yeah. King Rowan and Queen Beatrice are having an argument and they're not having a great time. And then they stop and they're just silent. And Gwen goes, well, I've got a comprehensive plan to end poverty. And Queen Beatrice just goes, learn to read the room. It's like, now is not the time, Gwen. Read the room. Yes. You're like, okay. Poor Gwen. I like Gwen. At this point, I was like, why Why is she dressed like this? Yeah, she's, she's in, in a... like a high neck ruffled cape. And I was like, mm, this mm. is a choice. Yes. We get one a man slash seven nation army and the, the princesses all seem into the prince. Their costumes, their designs were great. And they're doing their, what a man, what a man, what a manly man. This was great. Yeah. It was a good ensemble number. And then we get the cello doing this really sexy, like, bow, seven nation. Bow, 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 bow. bow. Yeah. Bow. She turns so the cello on its sexy. side. Oh, cello. I loved it. Cello. <laughs> I actually wrote that cello to seven nation army. I completely forgot that joke until you said it. Yeah, God you're welcome. Damn. But yeah, the Prince's band, you said, were the Marauders. Yes. Well, they, the way that they're styled, I've seen a lot of marauders stuff online but you've got in the cast here so luke latchman who plays griff his hair's blonde in this so you've got the blonde one is remus yep obviously prince robert is is james james because he's the worst you've got um hench is serious yeah, he's you know he's wearing a velvet smoking jacket. He's got shaggy black hair. That's basically serious black. And then Jeanette Lelacour has quite like a smooth, skinny face, which is how a lot of people cast Peter Pettigrew yeah. as a character. Obviously, she yeah. wouldn't get cast as Peter Pettigrew, but you know, just the way that they were all styled. No, but she was, was interesting. In Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So nice little link. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you told me. Oh, I forget things. I really love that this just feels like a Moulin Rouge sequence. Like this this song in this sequence here would, would not have felt out of place in Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Like if you'd imagine, like instead of the can, can, can. Yeah, that's exactly it's the that scene that everyone it felt like. coming it's claustrophobic in. and everything's happening too quickly and the room is spinning and it's nice. But yeah, and it's everyone's coming into this party having a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I really like the bit at the end where the cello's destroyed because it's rock and roll. And then, and then she, she just grabs another one. It's very, claps. very cool. Yeah. Cinderella is at the ball. She bumps into the stepmother and stepmother doesn't notice her at all. Um, and she's all very calm to her. She's, she's very polite. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to get in your way. Oh, you look lovely. It's it's so nice to be here with the nobility. I and like this though. She's not inherently bad. She is a, a good person. I, mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought it was nice. Yeah, Cinderella says to her, oh no, in the eyes of the king we are all equal this evening and the stepmother is like oh you're so kind yeah and it's the first time anyone said that about cinderella and it's coming from the stepmother i know but she looks down and she says oh your shoes they're amazing they're made of glass and cinderella's like yeah they were so hard to walk in and it's (laughs) like a cute little interaction it's a really nice moment yeah But it's important because if the stepmother doesn't recognize her how's she gonna find out it was her through the shoes exactly we then cut out to the front as we see James Corden comes back from relieving himself. And all of the human mice are very, very excited because they can't believe where it came out from. And they're like, yeah, the front tail. 
Why is that a thing? Why? I think they're just uh. improvising. I, you know, I thought they were just improvising, having a lot of fun. And all the mice want to pee again because it's so exciting and they're having the best time. Mm. Like, I can't believe it. We're here at the Royal Ground. Oh, this is so fun. And, you know, you've got uh, James A. Caster is talking to the horse, like, blink once if you understand. It's just really fun. They're just having a great time. Yeah, but it was so weird. Yeah. Uh, we meet Queen Tatiana, who is... Amazing. Beverly Knight. Yeah. And Cinderella can't get her words out and says she made the dress, but, you know, is struggling with her words because, you know, awkward Cinderella. So Cinderella bumps into Beverly Knight and is like, I'm so sorry, Your Highness, because she's obviously a queen. And then Beverly Knight has some line about how... Oh, she's like, oh, don't call me Your Highness. Um, your highness is the man I killed to get this throne. Yeah. And I was like, incredible. Oh my God. All of the female characters other than Cinderella are so interesting in this universe. Queen Tatiana, who killed a guy to become yeah. queen. You've got Princess Mary. Was it Mary? Gwen. No, the one at the beginning, Laura. Oh yeah. Who is marrying just because, but also is the only princess we see in this film to be wearing trousers. And it's all like very, very calm, very business-like. It's like, I have a proposition. Let me pitch you my idea. Yeah. We'd have the sea monster. The way that all the princesses in that dance sequence are styled is Everyone is so much more interesting than Cinderella in this. Yeah. And for some reason, we're following this girl. (laughs) It's not as bad as... Bad Cinderella, though. It's like, not at as least bad the, as bad Cinderella. Cinderella feels a little bit more, in, you know, interesting to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prince says he did not find a wife tonight. Queen Tatiana then says she wants to take Cinderella around the world, and she's into the idea. And this is when Cinderella looks and recognizes the prince, mm-hmm. and they find each other. But she's leaving, and he's like, "No, you can't leave. You can't leave. You got to stay with me." And then, you know, he. he He's going on about how, oh, but you've got to, you've got to see, see the dresses. And she's like, oh, I think I've seen all the dresses. He goes, oh, you've not seen all the dresses. And then in one of the other weird choices in this film, mm-hmm. he calls Gwen the people's princess. Yeah, because we had this thing earlier on about her with Cinderella being like, oh, everybody knows that Gwen's the real brains behind the throne. I just, how do people know that? Why do people like Princess Gwen? We've not been told anything no, about her. And I just don't like the phrasing of the people's princess because obviously that's it's a, a Diana thing. Diana yeah. thing. And it, you know what that conjures with that. And it's a weird choice. But <laughs> Princess Gwen stands up and she takes off this awful like cape, cape thing. thing and she's wearing the dress. <laughs> and we burst out laughing I, because the way the dress hangs, I honestly thought she'd expose one of her breasts. The dress that Cinderella made, the one that she made at the beginning with her mother's brooch attached to it, yeah. is, as everything is in this movie that Cinderella has touched, beige. Except on Camilla Cabello, it's obviously a completely different tone to her skin tone. Yeah. So when she's holding it, it's much lighter than her skin tone is. However, Tulu Grieve, who plays Princess Gwen, has very, very fair skin. Yeah. It's the same as her and skin. And because tone. yeah, it's like 50-50. It's like she's got one boob just hanging out and it's We just thought she, we you immediately look and you're like, oh my gosh, she's naked. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird choice. And so Cinderella's like overcome because like, oh that's my dress. Yeah. This is the thing. We've not talked about her fancy dress, but like even the fit of that isn't great because there's like two inches mm. in front of where her boobs are. Yeah, but, like the prince could easily to pad it as yeah. well. Yeah. But you know, like the prince could be dancing with her, could look down and easily see everything, because there's like 
it's just hanging off her. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit her well at all. It's a very, very weird, like, they just didn't know how to dress Cinderella. We get Perfect. And I liked this song. I, I like the Ed Sheeran version of this song anyway. Mm-hmm. But I felt this song actually worked really well in Universe. Yeah. It was really nice. I would say the performance of it isn't great. I don't think either of them sing it particularly well. But I think it's good. I'd love to see an Ed Sheeran musical. I'd love for him to write. Not just like, I don't want an Ed Sheeran jukebox musical. I'd love for him to write a musical with, you know, all original songs. Yeah. Maybe the only exception would be I'd want um, Thinking Out Loud. But I, I think he could write a really good musical. This is the funny bit where we cut back outside and James Acaster is talking to the horses like, what's it like being a crate? Yeah, that was weird. I liked, I just liked their little random asides, just like... Mm. The clapping thing was interesting. Yeah, when they're like enjoying the clapping and the noises. I really think they did improvise it and the director was like, just act like you are this is your first time in a human body it's your money james you do what you want i'll just keep rolling you tell me when to stop it's your money um but i don't think he does anything too egregious in this i think he's not overused i think it's okay yeah we cut back in and you know prince robert is prince robert pattinson because he's playing piano for her mm-hmm. and he says that he agrees that he'd be a bad king. The system sucks. He professes his love for her. Yeah. And I said to you, he's going to have to abdicate to marry a commoner. That's mm-hmm. my prediction at this point. But she says, no, no, no. She has dreams that she won't give up for him. And he respects that. It's quite nice. He respects it. And then... It's like, but I'm going to sing the sad song to you again. Yes. Just to make it hurt. And then they kiss because mm-hmm. they, or they at least go to kiss, but it's midnight and it stops and she starts running away. The mice are panicking because they're like, oh no, something feels wrong. Something feels wrong. And, you know, Prince Robert recognises, oh no, something's wrong, follows her. They go into the middle of the ball. They've clearly had some alone time at this point. Queen Tatiana's like, oh, so are you still going to take my, my, proposition or are you just going to marry the prince and she's Cinderella says no 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 I'm going to come with you I'll find you I'll find you I'll meet you tomorrow she's like yeah meet me in the market okay and then King Bond declares ladies and gentlemen we have a new queen Mm -hmm. um but you know again Prince Robert is helping her to escape it's not like she's running from him he's helping her he's clearing space for her and yes they then go back down to the mice and they're all complaining at James Corden. It's like, well, why don't you know what's going on? Didn't you pay attention to the butterfly? Yeah. And, he, and James Corden's like, no, I was singing. I didn't pay attention to the butterfly. Yep. And yes, then we get the mad dash back. And this is the scene from the trailer where James Corden only half turns. It's his head on the mouse's body and he screams, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Right. I can see it, it's not that bad a scene. It's fun. It's 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 silly. Mm-hmm. I can see why people hate it in the trailer because... That was like the biggest part of the trailer. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh God, it's just James Corden doing James Corden. No, actually, he's really good in this one, mm-hmm. in the little he's in it. And this, yeah, okay, it's, you know, it's a funny scene. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's not like we've had, you know, half this film is just James Corden's mouse characters hijinks, you know. 
But the problem I have with this scene as a whole, and it's something I have a real issue with in modern films, full stop, is just how dark it is. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can understand a film being set in the dark, but it's still lit so that I can see what's going on. I don't need naturalism. Thank you very much. If I can't see the film, it, it just takes me out of the entertainment and makes me less like... It's why I don't watch the DCEU films, with the exception of... Um, the emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yeah. Because that's so bright and brilliant. Everything else is so dark and just, I can't watch Why it. Why do things need to be so dark? Yeah, I hate it in modern filmmaking. Again, we've been rewatching Merlin. So much of that show is set in caves. Mm. And yet I can still see what everyone's doing. It's so irritating in film, modern things where you're like, why is it so dark? I want to yeah. be able to see what's happening. Pierce Brosnan has some of the most brilliant lines in this. Because mm -hmm. we're back at the ball and he says, all the taxpayers' money wasted on a ball and for what? And Gwen again <laughs> tries to come up with some ideas and he just doesn't listen because no one respects her. And this argument ends and we're left with Beatrice and Rowan. And Queen Beatrice turns to him and says, did you really just say you don't care about love? Mm -hmm. And he goes, yes, I want the sea monster. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. But of course, she's like, well, great. That That's fantastic. Thanks. Because I remembered my knight in shining armor serenading me and trying to, you know, make me fall in love with him. But that Desperately man... Desperately trying to make yeah. me fall in love and with him. And it's like, well, that man is gone. Mm -hmm. I just love this. The, the commitment that Pierce Brosnan had to his character was splendid. And then we cut back to Cinderella's the next morning. She doesn't understand the mice. She's just talking to them and they're like, she doesn't understand us, does she? Mm -hmm. And she's going on about how, oh, it's so difficult to having to choose between my dream and love. And James A. Carter just shouts, love? It was only one night. Yeah. And the stepmother comes down and Cinderella's like, oh no, hide everything. She can't know I was there. They put the shoe in a basket and she hides like she's sick. And the stepmother seems to feel really bad about what happened. And she's like, look, I am really, really sorry. You know, and I, I hope you can forgive me. It's like, it was stupid. I, sh you know, I to, to pin my hopes on your sisters getting us, they didn't stand a chance. There was this really, really beautiful girl there. They and, and they didn't stand a chance before that anyway. And she opens up to Cinderella. She talks about how she used to play piano and she was this prodigy. And, you know, she, she had a husband, she had her two children and she was lucky enough to get to go to music school. And she went for one month and just how vile her husband was to her that she gave up on her dream. Oh, my God. No wonder she's 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 given up on on Cinderella's dreams and trying to prepare her because she's a realist. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it's all good to have dreams. I had a dream. Dreams don't get you anywhere. And it's really nice. She says, you think me cruel. The real cruelty would be letting you think you could be something you you can't. Like, her motives for this are lovely. And it's, I think that's one of the best things that this version of Cinderella does is we don't just have the tribe of a wicked step-parent mm -hmm. and wicked stepsisters. There's real heart to it. And it's just, you know, teenage Cinderella being like, you're not my real mum. My real mum would have loved me. My real mum would have done this. You know, it's it's interesting. I really like this dynamic. Stepmother goes to leave and James Corden knocks the shoe out. And again, stepmother's great. She's like, oh, but this is great. You don't have to marry Thomas. You can marry the prince. 
Yeah. It's like, please marry the prince because that will elevate the rest of us and it will mean that none of us ever need to do anything ever again. Yeah, you'll save the family and you'll be happy and you'll have a life of satisfaction. And Cinderella's again like, no, because I don't want to marry anyone. So it's like, right, listen, here's what's going to happen. And Adina Menzel will not let it go. You have to marry one of these two men, either Thomas or the prince, but you are marrying one of them today. Mm-hmm. And then we go into Dream Girl. You know, like, I really do understand her point. You know, within the society, it makes sense. Don't get me wrong. Within 2022, I'll oh, just let Cinderella have her dreams. Yeah. But I can at least understand where this character's coming from. It's a really nice way of giving the, you know, like, the, the best villains need to believe in what they're doing. And... I guess she's our villain, but she really believes in what she's doing. She's doing it for the right reasons. And then she does go and play on the, the piano, and she is a brilliant pianist. I half expected when she sat down for her to go, dun, 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 dun. Because <laughs> she sat down, and she looks really like, oh, I'm going to get this frustration out. And you just saw her hands come up and slam down. I just really wanted, duh. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Cinderella has had this whole musical sequence to run. She knows what her fate's going to be. She knows that, like, once I'm done singing, I'm going to get you and you're going to marry Thomas. She's had this whole musical sequence to run and she just stays in bed. Yeah, she could have... I mean, we're going to get this weird convoluted way to end up in the town square in a minute. But I feel like if she'd have started walking already, she would have been there by now. Yeah. You know... Oh, I love this. King Rowan attempts an apology. He goes out dressed as a knight in shining armour outside Queen Beatrice's room and he tries to sing and he tries to be like the romantic he once was. And she's not really having it. She's like, you're not really showing the love and respect. You know, the crown changed you. And she has this really nice outburst. She's like, I've got to sit next to you. I've got to agree with everything you say. Even if I think you're wrong, I can never badmouth you. And you've become arrogant. And I just, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, she makes her point really, really well. But then she's like, oh, come up here and, you know, lose some of your armour on the way. <laughs> she, yeah, she's like, oh, well, if you can get your armour off quickly enough. Yeah. And it's nice because, like, you know that they're not better, but they're on their way. Yeah. They're getting there. Exactly. Uh, Thomas has collected Cinderella and is taking her off. And then King Rowan and Prince Robert talk. And, you know, Prince Robert's like, oh, just stop using your king voice. And just, I I know what you're going to say already. And the king says, yeah, I was wrong. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And he says it in a really silly way. And then you see Prince Robert just like roll, roll his eyes and goes, am I doing the king voice? <laughs> and... Rowan gives the blessing for Robert to marry his for love. You know, you're not going to marry to make this kingdom bigger. You're going to marry for love. Yes. His mind has been changed because he finally got laid. <laughs> Basically. We get Pretty shoe much. made of glass. Barry's back for more exposition. It's like, we're looking for this, this shoe made of glass. And... You know, you've got all these women with their boots. Some women don't even want the... the some women don't even... They open the door, see it's the prince and shut the door in his face. Which is so funny. They're not interested because it's like they don't want to be married to this dweeb. Yeah. But yeah, the quest for a foot isn't going well. And, you know, I really like the way that the song works, you know, the, 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 the to the rap and we have the knocking effect. It works really well. Mm-hmm. And then Hench 
you know, they're, they're riding off into the woods and Hench starts crying. It's really cute. And he is, he's like, I'm just proud of you for looking for love. Like, you know what you want and I'm proud of you for going for it. I really feel like, because this is where Wilbur turns around and she looks at Hench and there's this like sadness in her eyes. I'm like, they dropped a plot line here where yeah. there was something where Hench. Hench was in love with Wilbur, but Wilbur was in love with prince and now yeah. and now wilbur's realized what was in front of her the whole time and they cut that plot yeah, line. i really feel like there was something else there and they got rid of it we're in thomas's coach and for some reason the mice are there and cinderella's obviously packed everything it's like their plan is they're just going to get her to the square easily they distract the driver mm-hmm. and cinderella quickly escapes we get the million to one reprise slash could have been me yeah and as she's running you see the the prince is just conveniently found he's just like galloping next to her and she like falls over yeah yeah and he tells her that she's inspired him to choose his own path and he wants her instead of being the king he was he's like yeah i never wanted to be king anyway yeah and if you know you know we can marry but you can still follow your dreams and i'll make sure that happens they kiss and she agrees which is fantastic and then they reach the market in time so that she can talk to queen tatiana and this is where we have the scene. I've completely forgotten it. So there was an argument between Beatrice and Rowan, but it's here where he has the scene where he's like, Beatrice! And he's oh, shouting up to her. song to her. Yeah, and he's like, this is me showing you that I love you. Oh, yeah, and he shouts at all the servants who are around. There's a couple of guards yeah. and a couple of servants. He's like, everybody! And they're all yes. trying to sing, and she's just like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill him. And he tells her, he says... You are more important to me than any sea monster. Yeah. So again, we get that. She's nice. not impressed, but they laugh. And this is where we get the whole mm-hmm. coming up and get your things off. So he didn't need to get laid to make the decision. He did it because he was a good dad. No, she just lizestrated him. Yeah. So he needed to not get laid to make this decision. Yeah. The queen, Tatiana, yeah. gives Cinderella the job anyway. She's like, yep, I like your designs. We were like, I'm pretty sure she said she was going to bring dresses to show her. But yes, okay, it's I just guess dresses. they're just drawings. And yeah, they're going to travel the world together. And this is a great bit is when he introduces Cinderella to the king. He's like, I know you. You're the statue girl. You're the girl who sat on my dad. And, and he's like, like, no, 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 that wasn't me. <laughs> and he just says, I never forgot a fish. You know, uh, yeah, that was weird. And then he announces that Gwen will become first in line, and then he says, "Please don't kill me." Like, oh yeah, Rowan, King Rowan is like, "You will be first in line to run the kingdom when I die." Please don't stab me in my sleep. And then she's like, <laughs> <laughs> "And this is right. This is the weirdest choice because Gwen is clearly like a clever character. She's she's got like a her ten point plan. She knows what she'll do with the kingdom. She's very, very clever, clearly. And she just goes, I am to be king. And then he just goes, Queen. <laughs> but like that feels like a weird I kinda love that though. Again, like she's so excited that she says the wrong thing. But I love the idea that she's like, no, I'm gonna be king. Yeah. No, I Stop she's me. changing yeah. <laughs> that or she's again, she's just gaslit him the whole way, acting like she's got a plan. She's just got she's to appear, just she's just to got be to appear better than her brother. And now she's just like, oh, I can just be me. I've run out of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she gives her first speech to the people. And, you know, she's like, the, my, the, the prince has found his, his. And she's like, 
what are you? And Cinderella doesn't want labels. So, you know, they, they, they say, the prince's love, mm-hmm. you know, is enough. And Cinderella does a really awful royal wave. Yeah, because the James Corden mouse did it. Oh, yeah. Yes. And she's given back her mother's brooch because that seemed like it really mattered to her. And <laughs> Which it clearly didn't because it went, never went anywhere. And then uh, King Rowan is like dismissing everyone. It's like, off we go, off your homes. And then Queen Beatrice finally says, no, you're wrong in front of everyone. It's like, she's stay like, here yes. and we're going to have a party. And she's like, yes, I finally did it. Mm-hmm. And we have Let's Get Loud. Um, and again, we got another weird designer for Cinderella, like her gown. Instead of being too far forward, it's now like digging into her. Like you can actually see yeah. where like the skin just above her breast is like... Yeah, her ball dress was, dug into. was too loose and this one is too tight. That's the word I wanted, tight. But yes, it's it's weird considering how great every other costume is. It's like... King Rowan's costumes are phenomenal the whole way through. Yeah. Queen Beatrice looks great. Gwen, when she's not in Cinderella's costume, looks great. Mm-hmm. The stepmother, the stepsisters, everyone looks amazing except Cinderella when she's dressed up. Maybe it's just to show, like, yeah, you know, she's a fish out of water. Like, she really doesn't understand, you know, you, you know these clothes. But that's not the point. She should be good. She should be, like... She's meant to be great. Right. In, you know, the choreography to this song is really good. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying earlier, you wouldn't actually know which scenes or any of these scenes would have been filmed post-COVID. Yeah. And we get a nice riff with the stepmother. You know, she Cinderella has her blessing and everything's good between them because mm-hmm. she's not an evil person. And yeah, end of the movie. End of movie. I had a great time, but I want to ask firstly, what is your best song in this version of Cinderella? Ooh. Oh, Material Girl. <laughs> um, It's Somebody to Love and Material Girl for me. Yeah. Both of them were so much fun. But I really liked all of Doc Brown's stuff. Like the mm-hmm. Town Crier stuff was just so much fun. Yeah. It's like, you know, nice little filler songs. Like I definitely put those on and listen to them. Do you know what I think is really funny about this version of Cinderella? Is that I think this would lend itself better to, to being stage. on the stage. Yeah than the Andrew Lloyd Webber one Absolutely would. Absolutely would. This is no bad Cinderella. (laughs) This is actually fun. And I can imagine being sat in a theatre. I can imagine how some of this stuff would translate. Yeah, I think my one concern with this is more the fact that there are still some... There are still some jokes that are a little, like, old. Yeah. But I still, you know, like, I would say it's not like... I feel like they've done a really bad job of the marketing with Andrew Lloyd Webber Cinderella, where it's like, it's family friendly. It's like, it really isn't. But mm. I could see, I would I would want to see this version on stage. Yeah. Perhaps this is why James Corden was like, he's like, you know, James Corden, obviously in Cats, and Andrew Lloyd Webber has criticised James Corden's casting in Cats. So maybe James Corden's like, right, okay, Andrew, I'm going to out Cinderella you. I'm going to make my own Cinderella. Yeah. He's going to stop me. Well, it's like all this stuff that's going on with Futurama mm. is they've they've announced that they're bringing Futurama back and they've got everyone except John DiMaggio, who is Bender. And without him, you don't have Futurama. And from, from what I've understood, he said no, because the price they were offering wasn't good enough. So they then sent out casting for anyone who can sound like John DiMaggio. And all the voice actors are like, no, we're not auditioning for this role because that's disgusting. 
you know, why would you want to? That's so weird. But, but this is the thing: is it's just like I can I can imagine Don, John DiMaggio is going to just like get his own like robot series and he's just going to call himself Boonda or something you know yeah like, that would be pretty funny um it's a very bender thing to do funnily enough right what is your skip song a million to one yeah absolutely oh it yeah it, it just doesn't seem to fit this one it's it's not okay no, I, it I just really didn't like doesn't. it and you it comes back three times i'm like oh man no wonder this song's called a million to one it's because you play it a million times yeah exactly it's it's got two reprises and it's such a perfunctory song where you're like okay i understand why you're singing this we have to know what your motivations are but i don't care yeah and it just feels too pop as opposed to musical theater yeah which role do you want to play in this one because you've actually got loads of choice Mm, i know it's quite nice but uh, I would like to be the stepmother yep. or either of the stepsisters. I love them. Yeah. As long as I get to sing Material Girl. I've been listening to this song on repeat. You have. Since we played it. Not just the Adina Mandel version, but also the original Madonna version. It's such a good song. I I want to be King Rowan. Nice. Like, that's it. Is that as in, I want to be King Rowan. Mm-hmm. And my MVP, even though he doesn't sing, which is perhaps the biggest sin of this film... My MVP is Pierce Brosnan because he's having a great time in this. Yeah. I mean, Adina Menzel comes close second. Pierce Brosnan's great in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really loved him in this one. He's so good. Who's your MVP? Adina Menzel. <laughs> she was great. She really was. She's such a close second to me, but... Yeah. Is this Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, mine is Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> now, we've been quite positive on this one, I think. Like, there's a few things we've talked about not liking, but mm-hmm. it's really interesting because I really expected going into this, I'd seen people's polls. Yeah. People don't like this one, so I was expecting to hate this. On Instagram, 33% of people said that, yes, they were fans, with 67% of people saying no. We heard from Tara Kabash, who said, I'm not generally a fan of jukebox musicals. There are a few key exceptions, a la Mamma Mia and Jersey Boys, but this did not fit the bill. I love Adina and Billy Porter was good, but that didn't save it for me. I may be a little biased because I personally think we don't need more new versions of Cinderella, which you're spot on, Tara. We don't need new versions of Cinderella. Yes. But I enjoyed this one. Yeah. But I would take this one over Bad Cinderella any day. Um, On Twitter, 40% of you said another Cinderella, Mm -hmm. you know, implying that like you were shocked this even existed or that you weren't going to watch it. Uh, 10% of people said it's okay. 15% of people said yes, magical. 35% of people said no, bibbity, bobbity. Ooh. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, this is one that the audience don't seem to like, which is very, very interesting. We always seem to have quite positive audience polls. I'm going to start by asking you for your star rating, because we don't often get your star rating. I want to say it's like a solid three. Yeah. It's not amazing new traction musical theatre. But it wasn't bad. Like, and no. it's, it falls into that wonderful place in musicals like Stage Fright. Yeah. Where I'm like, this was a good time. It right. isn't a good, masterful piece of art. 
But if you want to watch it with some popcorn, you're yeah. going to have a good laugh. Well, like, th- that's a thing. So, so Jared messaged and was like, oh, you're watching Cinderella? I was like, yeah, let us know your thoughts. He's not watched it yet. Jared, I think you should. I think you'd absolutely. love it. I gave this one four stars. Nice. I really enjoyed this. I would watch it again. Yeah, I me think too. It, like, absolutely would watch this again. This was a this was a good time. And I was expecting nothing. And perhaps that's the thing. If you temper your expectations, I didn't think I was going to like this one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be awful. I really liked it. I, it. You know, it's not a game changer, but it was fun. Mm. and people forget that i think everyone expects movie musicals nowadays to be high art and life defining no let's just have fun yeah every... or to have some kind of deeper meaning and no. it's like no i want to watch Mamma mia that's yeah. the vibe here <laughs> but this is it and it's like not every comedy needs to change your life and have like really good social commentary otherwise the ones that come along that did would lose their purpose because mm. they, they wouldn't stand out in the same way not every sci-fi needs to be groundbreaking you are allowed to have popcorn musicals that you just sit, you put on and have fun. Absolutely. This fills that for me. And yeah, if I was going in with, you know, an Oscars or a Tony brain on, this does not fit that brief. No. But things like this show, and the reason why I'm comparing it to Mamma Mia is because of everybody knows these songs. Yep. It's a good time. It's funny. It's not going to change your life, but it's fun. Yeah. The Mamma Mia sells out every night. Yeah. That whole theatre is full every night. For a reason. Because it's a good time. You're not going to be sad at the end, you know? And I don't want to go and, like, okay, I'm not the biggest fan of Les Mis anyway. But Les Mis and musicals like that, they're heavy. You come out of it crying, you know, And there's nothing wrong with that. That's really powerful and really beautiful. If you want to have a good night... Yeah. This is a good no, but this show. is it. Like like any form of media. I can't believe we're the ones saying this. I really didn't think I was gonna like no. this. I thought it was gonna be so bad. For me, I would say James Corden was okay in it. If you are if you've not watched this and you're worried because oh James Corden's in it, mm-hmm. you know then give it a try. It's not worth it. I know, so one of the people we did hear from was at Afternoon Tune, who simply said, movie sucks. I'd love to know a little bit more as to why you thought the movie sucked, because I, I enjoyed it. Mm. You know, for me, the biggest sin of this this film is the fact that Pierce Brosnan doesn't have a big musical number. Yeah, that's true. That's so weird. That, for me, is the one thing that I'm like, this film is sorely missing. And the fact that Minnie Driver doesn't have a big musical number, mm-hmm. give them something to do, you know, we joke about, you know, Pierce Brosnan doing SOS, but, like, give him something. That's why I don't understand why he doesn't have a song. Yeah. Because if you've got a musical, right, we've got Adina Menzel, Minnie Driver, Camilla Cabello, who's a singer. Yeah. We've got all these big singers. James Corden's here, you know, so that we can complain about James Corden He doesn't have, like, a solo thing. He just joins in. Yeah. You've got Ramesh just bopping in the background, and he he doesn't look like a dancer. But what do musical theatre people know Pierce Brosnan for? Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. So it's the same vibe as that. So where's his song that we can laugh at him for, you know? Yeah, and because he's, he's such a character piece. Yeah. Where is it? Just something. What song would you have had him sing? Because most of these songs are from, like... The 2000s up till now. Papa Don't Preach. <laughs> That's the wrong way around. Yeah, it's but, about pregnancy. No, but you know, like, you can have something like that, you know, like, um, or just Daddy, Daddy Cool. 
That would be cool. That would be I don't fun. know. You're putting me on the spot, and I didn't. I didn't pitch my case. I didn't come with a, a song preparation, you know. But he certainly should have had something. He needed something more. Yeah. Next week is going to be a really fun because what we're going to go to the theatre and see tonight. We're going to see Waitress. Yes. Happy Valentine's Day to us. Yes, this will be our second uh, Valentine's where we've been to see Waitress. Two out of three. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited because Waitress means a lot to us. It feels really appropriate that before we hit episode 100, we actually talk about the musical that started it all. Yeah. And that is Waitress. And we'll talk a little bit more about our personal history of that show next week. And uh, obviously, check the space. We have an interview that has launched yep. with Evelyn Hoskins, who plays Dawn in Waitress, which was such a phenomenal thing for us to get to talk. I know, it was so fun that we got to talk to her. Because we, we actually saw her Valentine's two years ago, mm-hmm. back in 2020. So it's really lovely. So if you haven't already, check out that. And come and see Waitress at the New Victoria Theatre in Woking. We're yeah. seeing it tonight. So unless you drive on over tonight, having listened to this episode, if you see us, say hi. Mm-hmm. But go and see it and let us know your thoughts when you see it. Um, that's episode 99. Then episode 100, I think the poll showed that we're off to Oz. Yes, indeed. So very, very excited to rewatch The Wizard of Oz for the first time since I was maybe six or seven. Yeah, me too. As always, you can get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod and let us know your thoughts. Uh, have we convinced you to watch Amazon Cinderella or are you just going to bury your head further underground and, and you know be glad that we've watched it so you don't have to? Let us know your thoughts and let us know your thoughts and feelings on Waitress. Are you a fan? You can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. We're available on Apple Podcasts. We're available on Google Podcasts. You can find us on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section of the library. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Good Pods, where we charted again this week. Thank you to everyone who has listened to us on that platform. And you can find us on our OG hosts, Podbean. If you like what we do head over to any of those platforms or podchaser.com and leave us a review and tell us what you like about It's a Musical Podcast and help make our day. But until next week, we wish you a wonderful Valentine's Day or a wonderful Galentine's Day, whatever you are doing. See you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday. <laughs>